Hi, I'm Debbie Levine, and I'm the Senior Deputy Editor for Radiology, and I'm here today talking with Dr. Leanne Philpotts, who is a Professor of Diagnostic Radiology and Chief of Breast Imaging at Yale. And today we're going to be talking about her paper that she's one of the co-authors on that deals with tomosynthesis and digital mammography. So welcome, Dr. Philpotts. Thank you so much. So can you tell us a little bit about your study? Okay, so the study was an um, observational reader study uh, that uh, we performed several years back. I was one of the, Yale was one of the five beta sites collecting data for this study. And uh, from all the data that was accrued from the five sites, uh, they then performed, we then performed two reader studies using that data. Patients were accrued that were either biopsy patients or screening patients. And from that, cases were, were selected for the two reader studies. Uh, the first one was performed with 12 radiologists, the second one with 15 radiologists. Um, and looking at reading the 2D mammograms alone versus the combination of having 2D with tomosynthesis. And what did you find? Well, basically, we found that the accuracy can be in, uh, improved with the addition of tomosynthesis. Uh, so the accuracy in terms of cancer detection in the breast is improved also with the reduction in uh, false positives, a reduction in recalls uh, for the non-cancer case, so the, the, uh, the true negatives uh, that can be statistically significantly reduced. Okay, and, and that's very exciting. It's very important, yeah. Now, this study had tomosynthesis with digital mammography, so like twice the dose that you would get from just one of those studies alone. Right. How did you talk to the patients who enrolled about that extra radiation dose? So the patients uh, did sign a consent form, a written consent for this study, and uh, they were informed uh, of the added radiation, which, as you said, is basically double. The tomosynthesis is very similar, uh, basically identical to the 2D. Um, I think when patients understand the amount of radiation, which overall is less than film screen was, which was not in the, in the, in the very distant past, and many women have had many years of film mammography, that, that Almost everyone was very, very um, eager to participate, and, and there were very few that had concerns with that added radiation dose. Of course, when patients are recalled and they have additional spot compression views and additional imaging, uh, you know that adds added radi radiation as well. And many women have been recalled, so I think they can understand the the um, they, they're very accepting of the amount of additional uh, radiation. And in clinical care, when, when people are doing this, because that's how the mm -hmm. FDA initially approved homosynthesis was as an add-on. Right. Do you think not being part of a research study, patients will be as accepting of the dose? I, absolutely. You know, we've been performing uh, tomosynthesis at Yale since August of 2011, so, you know, over a year now, 15 months. And honestly, we've only had a handful of patients actually uh, refuse. Um, we actually hand out uh, a written information sheet when they're signing in uh, at, at, at our reception desk, so the patients have the ability to read about it and to Decline it if they want, and honestly, you know, 90 some percent uh, accept it. There's very few that actually have a problem with it. Mm -hmm. But it is something to consider. I mean, radiation is is radiation, and right. uh, you know, m many of these m people have had mammograms for, for you know years and years, and so they do uh, realize, uh, you know, that it is cumulative and it does add yet another dose. So it is something to think about. Sure. And then in your study. Um, it was an enriched population that all these readers looked at, and so like about a quarter of the cases, I think, were actual cancers. How can that then be translated into clinical practice, do you think? 
Well, I think, you know, it's a very good point. This is, of course, a reader study, observational study, and uh, within a rich population in a study situation where the readers know if, it doesn't matter if they recall a patient, um, and uh, I think they're more likely going to perform at a level to, to not miss cancers uh, because they know that their recall is really not clinically relevant. And so really, um, you know, we do have to, uh, we can't assume that the same uh, results will happen in clinical practice. Um, but I think uh, that, um, you know, I think the, the results stand on their own. I mean, the cancer detection was higher. And uh, yes, it's an enriched population, um, but you know whether you see the cancer on 2D or 3D, and better on 3D, uh, it is what it is. These are all readers who had never seen tomosynthesis before, and I think that's really important to to remember because now you know we're we're seeing all sorts of information about tomosynthesis. But this was done you know five years ago or so when no one had ever even read uh, a tomosynthesis. They had their training, but they were able to just start right in and read it and be able to detect the cancers a little bit higher. The recall reduction, of course, really is, I, I said, you know, as I said, will really probably change in true clinical practice because, again, in a study situation, um, it can be, you know, very, very different mm -hmm. uh, in the real world. So that we'll have to really see true clinical studies to, to show that. And then you, when you were training your readers, it had like 150 cases that they were trained with. And then in part two, that was actually supplemented with a few extra smoothly lobulated cancers, right. you know, so that people would understand that that is a sign of malignancy. So as this moves to clinical practice and as more radiologists use tomosynthesis, what kind of training do you think they're going to need? So that's a really important point. And of course, first author, uh, Betty Rafferty, um, has done so much uh, both within the study to, tr to train the participants um, as well as, as now uh, radiologists who, who um, can get this sort of training uh, on, on the web or uh, through courses. I think it's really important um, and it's an eye-opener to radiologists, even people who are doing breast day in and day out, that cancers actually look different on tomosynthesis and there really is a learning curve. I think that uh, obviously the training is important as the second study showed that, as you said, those a few extra cancers that might have looked circumscribed and people may have wanted to disregard those initially uh, to understand that we, you know, we really can't. Um, not just those circumscribed lob lobulated masses, but the, just how cancers can look so very subtle sometimes, architectural distortion, a lot of fat in them, which we're sort of traditionally trained to think of lesions with fat are within them are good. And so it is very, very different. And uh, we've actually been studying this at Yale, looking at all of our cancers uh, and how they do appear differently on tomosynthesis. And so I think there is going to be a learning curve. Uh, I think, you know, clearly um, the, 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 the tomosynthesis training that's being provided really helps because you get to see a lot of cancers uh, in a short period of time that's going to take you um, probably years in, in clinical practice to see. And so that's really essential. But I think when people start, there's still going to be a learning curve um, in terms of what to call back and what to dismiss. So um, you found a recall decrease by up to 67% for some of your readers. Did you expect to find that um, so high in your study? I, 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 do, I actually do. I'm not surprised. Again, the, rate, the range was 6 to 67, and so uh, I know at my own institution we've been looking at this, and uh, there is, you know, really a, a very significant uh, reduction. Um, and again, between readers, it's a little bit different, different 
readers have different thresholds for recall in the first place, even with 2D. Um, and then with, with the addition of tomosynthesis, there is going to be a range. And uh, certainly some studies have shown that very high 60-so percent versus the 6 percent is really on the low. Most people, the 30 to 40 percent is really what some of these studies that are now coming out from actual clinical practice are showing. So I think, and that's right in the middle, so I'm not surprised about that range, actually. Mm -hmm. And did you find anything unexpected in the study? I think after the first study, finding that a few of those cancers that had been dismissed uh, was a bit of a surprise. And again, you know, we I think um, particularly in a study situation where people are not used to tomosynthesis and they're thinking maybe this is something new and, oh, I can disregard benign things perhaps, that maybe, I, I mean, I can't explain it, but I think that's probably what happened. Um, and that really just with that extra training to really look at the margins, which of course you can see so exquisitely with tomosynthesis, to be very, very careful looking through those, even what looks like a circumscribed mass, to look at the margins very carefully, just like we really should do in all of our mammography or ultrasound or MRI, whatever modality we're doing, is to look at the margins very carefully. And I think, obviously, it showed that when, when people had that extra training, they did not disregard those. Mm -hmm. And then right now, high-risk women, some high-risk women at least, are being offered MRI for additional screening. Do you see tomosynthesis taking the place of that or supplementing it? Or how do you see tomosynthesis fitting in? So I really, truly believe that tomosynthesis is going to take the place of, of routine two-dimensional digital mammography as we're, as we're practicing it right now. Uh, another question I get asked very commonly is, will it take the place of screening ultrasound, not just MRI? Uh, again, I practice in Connecticut, so we're dealing with the screening ultrasound issue a lot, and I really don't think that it will. Uh, while tomosynthesis is better than two-dimensional mammography, it still has limitations, particularly in the denser tissue. Some cancers are going to be very subtle, um, and if there isn't that interface to really differentiate them, they're still going to be very difficult to find in the, in the dense breast, again, without recalling a lot of people and changing your threshold. So I think that the high-risk patients really do need the MRI, um, and the normal risks those women with dense breast tissue, I still do think, need ultrasound. Uh, it's going to be very interesting. It's something that we're studying is, you know, I think we will be find, finding fewer on those supplemental studies because we are finding more cancers with tomosynthesis than we were before. So that percentage of cases, those additional cases, I think they're still going to be there, but I imagine that it's going to decrease with time mm -hmm. as we find more and more just right, right. off the tomosynthesis. And then what do we need to do to have tomosynthesis replace digital mammography so that it's a standalone and we don't have that double dose by doing two different exams. Right, yes, because the double dose is, is as we mentioned, uh, um, a consideration. And I do think that that is short-lived. Uh, there is uh, work on a synthesized mammogram, which actually just got preliminary FDA approval. And that's very exciting. And what that is is making a two-dimensional mammogram out of the three-dimensional uh, uh, information. and. Um, Again, so that you can really just cut that radiation dose in half. You just have the dose from the tomosynthesis. And these two-dimensional mammographies are really quite exquisite. And uh, again, the studies that, that have shown, that which, which was just presented to FDA, that it really is equivalent uh, with the combination of the synthesized and the 3D tomo information to be able to, to detect at least the same or more cancers. So I think that we will very shortly be honestly able to just do the tomosynthesis with the 2D. You still need the 2D because you need the big picture. Um, and, uh, you know, no one would want to do, do away without having that tomo, without having the 2D. No one would want to read two, um, the 3D 
tomosynthesis images on their own. Uh, so you really do need that, but I think that that's a very exciting um, uh, advancement that's just, just down the road, hopefully. Just down the road. Yes. So you think next year at RSMA, I, uh, we, yeah. we're going to have some news that's going to let us know? Because I think the big, and tell me if I'm wrong, microcalcifications and seeing the clusters of them is where tomosynthesis has fallen a little bit compared to digital mammography. Absolutely. So that's where you need the big picture. And uh, by having the 2D, and again, when you're doing the combination, it's not a problem because you have your two-dimensional two image to look for the calcification. So whether it's a 2D or a synthesized 2D, you need that to find the calcifications. That being said, once you see them on the 2D, the tomosynthesis can actually be very, very helpful to better characterize them uh, than on the 2D. And uh, we found cases, you know, skin calcifications, dermal calcifications, uh, you know, vascular calcifications. There are are calcifications you can dismiss by having your tomosynthesis, as well as the malignant ones, having a much better idea as you scroll in and out of the breast, uh, scroll in and out of the area to get a better idea of the distribution and the actual morphology of the calcifications. I mean, we've, we've had calcifications that you can actually see on tomo only because they are embedded in that dense tissue. Uh, so, yeah, tomosynthesis actually is, is certainly not going to be any worse. Um, uh, but uh, particularly with the 2D and the 3D to better, I think we're going to do even better with calcifications. Well, that is very exciting. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time today, and I hope all of our readers enjoy seeing your article in Radiology in January. Thank you very much. Appreciate it.